shall we? Yeah. Okay. Let's go. Hey there, Hill. Hey, Jenny. How you doing? You know, I'm doing okay on this Sunday evening. How about yourself? I'm doing well. Thank you. I will tell you. Well, first of all, hello, listeners. Welcome to Breaking Hearts and Kissing Hearts. (laughs) (laughs) Kissing Lips and Breaking Hearts with the Garden Darts. I knew that was... I'm just going to keep going with this. Um, It is a hard one. I have had some serious FOMO the last few days, I got to say, and I'll get over it, but I cannot believe I was not at opening night at Sphere. And it's, it's, I tried so hard not to say the Sphere. Yeah. It is just Sphere. It's just Sphere. Which I think sounds stupid, but it's not my $2 billion, so... Well, I think it's because it's Sphere at the Venetian. Oh, there you go. That makes sense. Yeah. And there is something called the Sphere. If you put that in, a like, there's a thing. Yeah. But yes, Sphere at the Venetian. That makes sense. This is Sunday, October 1st, when we're recording. And if you're listening, it is on or after October 4th. Um, This is... I just had that pulled up. This is season five, episode 35. And just fun fact, 14 years ago today, I was at a 360 show in Charlottesville, which is one of the best shows I've ever been to. Oh, nice. Yeah. 14 years. That actually doesn't seem like it was long ago enough. It seems like it was a really long time ago. It feels like it should have been longer than 14. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I have a 16-year-old, and it's weird to me that things occurred during her life. Right. (laughs) I mean, she was born during 360. I was pregnant at the beginning of that tour. Yeah. Barely. Anyway, I digress. The U2s had their opening nights at Sphere in Vegas, and... It sounds like, by all accounts, our friends that went, the media, the band, well, we've seen quotes from The Edge, that it was just better than anyone ever anticipated. Yeah, absolutely. And they anticipated the best. Yeah. So I'm I'm just really, really happy for them. It's very happy. Because opening nights are hard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, this has to be I, you know, I. I don't know why, because I swore I wasn't going to do it. And then I found a TikTok feed and I watched the whole show. (laughs) You know, yeah. Live stream. Um, I really, really wasn't going to do it. I just wanted to look at the set list and then I ended up watching the whole thing. Um, But I've been to the last two openers and this one seemed to go much smoother than any of the other ones yeah i mean it still seemed like it was an opener like there's a lot that they have to iron out but they always have to do that and i mean from one show to the next they iron stuff out it can be in the middle of the tour so right there was a great there was one line in the Rolling Stone, our friend Andy's article in Rolling Stone that I thought just summed it up. Find it real quick. <laughs> Literally, by any measure, it was a stunning success. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's all you need. Yeah. All you need. Um, that said, and I don't want to linger on this. Y'all, and Hillary and I have already talked about it a little bit, but the internet's full of assholes. Really? And I don't know why they've all decided that it's fun to be assholes about you two and to you two fans. I posted something on Twitter after the atom- I saw the Atomic City video, mm-hmm. and 
which I love so much, so, so much. Um, but we're going to do that about, and I was just posing a question. I was like, is Atomic City written from the perspective of the fly? I was like, discuss. And, um, and I do think you can read those lyrics from the fly's perspective. Interesting. I know Bono said it's the band saying, come on, come all, come to Vegas. That's great. And that's awesome too, whatever. But then I was just like, question mark, question mark, disgust. And someone commented, oh, well, Neil McCormick thinks it's from McFisto. I mean, and that's fair too, you know, same idea. Um, and someone else was like, interesting. And then every other comment was like, no, there's no way. Like, I was like, I I was just trying to propose a discussion. I mean, I, I'm not even going to look at them right now, but it was like 10 comments of just like, basically, you're an idiot for even proposing that question. Yeah. And I'm like, what? I don't comment. <laughs> you don't you say anything. Roll down. You don't have to stop. <laughs> For everything in the fly. And I feel like there are people that feel like for some reason they have to do that. Like you and if you need to type it out, type it out, then delete it. Right. And there are people traveling. Okay, so the YouTube of the sphere or whatever the website, whatever the Facebook group is, it's got like probably like twenty thousand people in it now. Yeah. It's unmonitorable, I bet. And um people are traveling from all over the world. And yes, people have been asking stupid questions or seemingly not stupid questions, but questions you can find on the Internet. Answers right. you can easily Google. But also, like. If what you said, someone asked if they, they like needed a taxi to get from one place to the other, mm-hmm. someone could have easily said, no, it's a it's an easy walk. Right. Or no, it's hard to get a taxi. Or yes, that's great. But what you say? They were like. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Slapping assholes, people. Yeah, I mean, and you know, e- even if it's a question that's been that is seemingly stupid, that's been asked a million times, or you don't have to reply to it. You don't have to comment on that. No. You can agree well, that it's a stupid question and just not say anything. Or you could say, this question has been asked a lot. I find it useful to use the search bar. Right. right. <laughs> Point people to something helpful. Right. Because y'all, as Hillary has pointed out last week, too, there is a search bar in all groups. All groups. All groups on Facebook have a search bar. No question about taxis, just Google taxi or search taxi. It's not the search bar for your internet. I mean, for your search engine. It's not the Facebook search bar. It's like a little search bar to your right for just the group you're in. Just that group. Yeah. So if you have a question about a bag, you just type in bag and all the questions that. (laughs) Yeah. I'm telling you, learning that is a game changer. So if you don't know that now, you're welcome. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Well, I find um, the, I find my um my Bush Gardens group like massively less annoying now that I read the U2 one all the time. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Um should we start chronologically? The first thing that happened since we last talked was Atomic City came out. So the recorded single and the video came out on Friday, the 29th of October. And I think we've talked about this before, that these things make us very nervous because what if it doesn't hit home? Right. It, but it did. It did. It works. Yeah. It was so when I heard the version of it, you know, that it's like in the background of like shooting the video, I was like, if this is what I think it is, it's going to be amazing. But it doesn't mean it's going to be amazing. And yeah, this is what I needed. For sure. And the yeah. video is gorgeous. 
So keep making music, boys. <laughs> I think that um, I read that they're they're crediting um, Deborah Harry with. Yeah, uh, I've I've saw that. I haven't read it yeah. personally, but people have said those credit the Debbie Harry Blondie or whoever. Yeah. And then people are like, oh, they're doing that just so they don't get sued again, people. Why? Why be naysayers? Yes, you have to credit people so you don't get sued. Right. That's not. Oh, that's just because. No, that is because. Right. That's exactly <laughs> it. It's. It's kind of the law. <laughs> yeah. You have to do that. And it's good of them not to get sued. And if people knew how often bits of their songs come from other places if people actually read credits to songs they would be dumbfounded yeah how much is not their creation just worked in their way that's what all artists do yep (sighs) oh the internet's full of assholes yeah Luckily, they've got us to call them out <laughs> privately in this little pod. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I watched this TikTok feed, and I don't know who it was. I, I don't, I'm not really versed in using TikTok, so I, I didn't see, like, the user. But he, he did say that it was, like, his daughter's TikTok account. Yeah. And, you know, to follow her because she'd like to have more followers or whatever. Um, but I don't know who he was, but he filmed the entire show and like, there wasn't any, like, I mean, it, it was smooth. He held the camera, you know, it was amazing that that this guy, I wonder if he had a thing. He must have, um, but he didn't like sing along. There were, there were two parts where he spoke and one was to say that it was his daughter's, uh, TikTok account, and then um, Bono at the end, um, which is worth mentioning in just a second. Yeah. Um, he said something about being in Nevada, or he said it, it about being in Nevada. Nevada. Yeah. Yeah. And he was like, um, something like it's Nevada, Bono, <laughs> and it was just really cute. Like the way he said it was just like adorable like that guy was absolutely funny and like right on point and quick and i just really appreciated that i yeah yeah that sounds like it was really nice of him but glad very people who stream entire shows with video like i just i mean i hope you have some kind of brace for your elbow yeah or your shoulder like something like that is bananas yeah it's crazy um he uh, and he did a really good job with like going from the stage to like you know including the stage and the the um sphere and everything like he did a really good job at the photography like it was just super super impressive before i forget about this and we haven't talked about this at all yeah i need to mention it in our in our little youtube group but the first night bono had like a list of people to thank yeah and it was like reading the credits from i've never seen him do this at a show before yeah at the end of the tour you know it seems like he thanks more people than you know every other show but this was like i expected like credits to start rolling down it was he thinks so many people and i wonder if he did it the second night too oh yeah we should ask i saw something um someone on twitter commented i wish i could find it easily commented that there was no mention well some i think it was sherry mentioned that there was no one no amnesty no no presence too for any of them and then someone else said i don't even know if he did a little one spiel before or during the song one and someone else said i didn't hear it either but i may have been distracted by him crawling up the backs of the overlords or something talking about all the people he was thanking oh okay 
Well, he was thinking like some massive moguls. Yeah. Yeah. But they were like, that was kind of gross, Bono. Yeah. But I'm also guessing it was obligatory. Yeah, I'm sure it was. But it, I just, I really did kind of expect for like credits to start rolling. Like it was, <laughs> that would have been kind of great, actually. It would have been easier, probably. <laughs> probably, much easier. Um, yeah. Yeah, we haven't talked about that. I need to ask if he did it the second night, too. I'm very curious about that. Yeah, for um, sure. I'd be curious. I'm curious, too. Yeah. It seems like, you know, all of Hollywood was there, um, which is what happens in Vegas always. Right. Um, yeah. You said there was a um, red carpet. For, yeah, there was a sphere red carpet. Now I've seen pictures of that. Yeah. Um. Most notably, Adam Scott. Yes, Mr. Adam Scott. You talking you two to me. Yeah. And a hundred thousand other people. And I mean, um, it was an interesting group of people. Um, Bono mentioned Paul McCartney about ten times and did yeah. little clips of um, a million different Beatles songs. Which is not also not anything out of the ordinary. Someone wondered if that was like, if it should have been like a drinking game. Drink every time he right, sang a Beatles lyric. That would have been a good drinking game. <laughs> For sure. We Something we didn't discuss before this, um, but it had been on my mind, was um, how... In Vegas on Pop Mart, he learned the hard way about his allergy to, like, the desert, basically. Some weed in the desert. And how much it affects his voice. And I actually meant to mention it to you, Garantar, and Amanda. Like, I wonder what precautions right. he'll have. Like, is, does he have, like, a double dose of Claritin every day? <laughs> <laughs> is he taking shots? <laughs> like, Maybe. what is the deal? Um, and obviously, he's been so much more cognizant and careful with his voice. Um, I mean, since that thing happened in Germany on E&I. Yeah. Yeah. E&I, yes. Correct. E&I. Um, and we've just, we've assumed, and I think we might have mentioned this on here, that it's just Vegas in this particular facility they can come and go without ever being noticed oh absolutely and why and i've heard people say like covid in nevada is like bananas right now and stuff and i've heard a lot of people like i don't want him to get covid don't go talk to people but but apparently there's like no like loading dock where that's visible to right from the outside for people to you know wait for him yeah so I didn't see the whole um, hubbub about this, but I guess Bono and Edge, what were they supposed to be on the Today Show? Yeah. Did anyone end up being on it? I, not that I saw. Not that I, I saw. I didn't watch it, but I keep an eye out for clips. Yeah, I just assumed that someone would post a link, and I haven't seen that. But then there was a, and I guess there was people who got really worried but the YouTube community, and I just thought this was so sweet. The YouTube community, it's YouTube community on Twitter, which is the official Twitter feed of the YouTube fan community, Zootopia, which is hosted by YouTube.com. Right. These people are employed by YouTube. Or I don't know if I assume they get paid. Um, but it was four parts, and I just want to read it because people didn't see it. They said, we have a message from the singer to our community, to fans. It deserves an echo. Please receive in the spirit it was sent. These dry and dusty desert days and nights are enchanting, but the enemy to singers and performers, and some in particular, i.e. me. The great Dean Martin kept his voice match fit with a scotch and soda, or maybe it was apple juice. <laughs> 
This singer is struggling to take a much more scientific approach to performing in the desert than usual, fusing an atom of honey with atoms of H2O in the Petri dish that is a cup of tea is where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Could have just said tea. And a lot of voice rest, no talking, and that one is not easy for me. I always want to get out to see you, but that's not possible this time around. But I'll see you in there. We are so ready for liftoff. And I just thought that was really uh, thoughtful of him. Really thoughtful. Again, they don't owe us anything. No. So, that was really nice. It's very, very nice. They're just sweet. Yeah. I'm looking at the pictures on the YouTube community Twitter now. I cannot wait to see this DJ Polly in his Trabant running around. It moves through the crowd. Yeah. Um, DJ style. That will be fun. The first night, he seemed to have a hard time um, getting the crowd riled up. I mean, it sounded to me like that. Like, he tried to do, like, a sing-along for, like, American Pie. And I think he had the wrong audience for that. Yeah. Um, It didn't work. Yeah. and uh, I don't know what I mean, I, I would have thought that the age skewed properly for that, but apparently not. And usually it's um like you just can't help but sing along. Right. Like it's happening. So yeah. <laughs> you might as well do it. And you all know the words. Yeah. But I think that I think that like more like dance tracks would have been more lively than yes yes you know American Pie and I mean he I heard I heard one of uh, I can't remember because I listened to it for a while but um, he did play Intergalactic by the Beastie Boys which was exciting to me yeah I would be glad to hear that right there yeah it is fun to see people on Twitter posting like um, UV products they're buying, like makeup and glitters. And yeah. I got some temporary tattoos really? and glitters that um, like body glitter that light up in UV. Oh, that's cool. So I thought that would be fun. Well, what else do I have? Oh. We have a Vegas correspondent today. We Jenny. Do. Other Jenny from New York, not Jenny, me from Cleveland. <laughs> At least she needs a better name. Um, was it opening night? She's been our correspondent on here before, and she's going to give us some words on uh, her experience. So take it away, Jenny. Hey, Garden Tart listeners. This is Jenny in New York City. I was lucky enough to attend opening night at the Sphere in Las Vegas. Uh, The general vibe of the night was one of excitement and anticipation. Uh, People had flown in from all around the world, from all across America, and everyone was just in awe of the Sphere. We all were had the vibe of like, we are the first people to walk through these doors. We are the first people to go up the escalator, first people to sit in these seats, the first people to be in the GA on the floor. We're the first people to see this brand new technology and anticipation of what, where are we? What is this going to be like? We are in a spherical dome for a concert that has never happened before. Um, the first image when you, we walked in inside the sphere itself was the uh, Pantheon Dome of Rome. Um, was my girlfriend and I, we were looking at it and we're like, we've seen this before. What is that? And we're like, oh my God, it's the Pantheon in Rome. We've been in that room. That was just, we just thought it was just a brilliant way just to have as a blank canvas before the show started. Because you had to look at it and think, is that really 
what the sphere looks like bare skin bones and then we're no no that's an image of the pantheon inside the sphere which which just was a, a really smart idea i'm not sure of the reasoning behind it um but the pantheon was uh built in rome um a very long time ago as, you know as, as a temple to the roman gods and that's what they had as the image uh when you first walk in uh, to the sphere um so once the show started it was every single s- song was like an anticipation of what are they going to do with this song like we all know Octung Baby if you're listening to this channel listening to this podcast we're all hardcore YouTube fans we know Octung Baby backwards forward it's inside out every lyric and we just what are they going to do with this music how are they going to interpret it visually um and they uh, my overall impression was they just did a really good job um of having the visuals come at you from all angles it was 360 at certain points the it seemed like the round uh sphere itself became a square it felt like it was coming down on you um at some points it looked like you were looking up through water and light coming through the ceiling. Um, there were images spinning and coming at you, felt like 3D. Um, I would definitely say it. you have to see the show from all angles. You definitely want to see the show from the seats. There's a whole world of visuals that you will miss if you're GA on the floor, even in the 100 level. Um, because the stage itself is even has images on it that you would just not see. Um, not static images, like uh, moving images that you would not see if you uh, were too close. Um, so I, the overall impression of the show, uh, I just think they knocked it out of the park. I think they did a really good job. They did a very good job of pacing the show where, you know, you have this sphere screen, 360 biggest TV screens in the world. But if you used it all the time, you would overwhelm your audience. They were good at pacing the show so that there would be more downtimes and not things in your face all the time. Um, So I thought that was uh, smart on their part. Uh, The sound quality, I was not what I thought it would be. I, I felt that the sphere sells... Uh, itself as uh, the best sound quality you'll ever hear. I I felt I was under the impression it would be like the sound would be like right in my ear, and it wasn't. It's it felt like the GA and the 100 level might have had better sound than the 200, 300, 400 level seats. Um, but I have GA uh, tickets for shows in the future, so I'm going to test that theory to see if the sound is better on the floor. The visuals may are not going to be as good on the floor, but maybe the sound's better. I'll, I'll guess I'll find out. Um, I think that everybody sounded great. Bono's voice was on point. Everybody did really great. There was one point when Edge lost his his guitar completely. It just dropped out, um, and he had to walk off the stage for like a good 30 seconds, which is a long part of a song. I think it was during Streets, was it? I, I hate to say, I can't remember which song it was, but he had to walk off the stage and get another guitar and come back up. It, I was kind of surprised that Dallas didn't do that for him. I'm not sure what was going on there. I felt bad for Edge, but it's opening night. That's going to happen. It's just a given. Um, but they'll get the kinks out. Um, as far as Bram Van Denberg, the uh, drummer from the Netherlands, I'm a huge Larry Mullen fan, and I would say that Bram killed it. He he just played perfectly. Um, it was his birthday opening night, as fate would have it, and I think it's uh, a testament to who Bram is as a person that he took the time when Bono handed him the mic, you know, because it's his birthday, but he took the time to say, let there be no mistake, there is only one Larry Mullen Jr., and I thought that was very classy of him, and I appreciate that he did that. Um, so yeah, I think it was a great show overall. Definitely go see it from all angles. Uh, opening night vibe was just an uh, opening night's vibe of excitement, anticipation, 
and just complete wonder and all all night long we're like oh my god what is happening right now i can't believe this what are they doing oh my god this is incredible so that is my overall uh, impression and report of opening night and i hope that was helpful to the garden tart listeners thank you so much jenny and hillary oh hey that was great that was great thank you thank you for sharing you're always so um generous with your time with sharing with us we do want to hear from other listeners so if like, you were there or you're going um let yeah, us yeah we don't want no assholes no please no you will not get it or we might actually call you out for being an asshole so oh, we'll play it but we'll say it's <laughs> by an asshole yes um, um, <laughs> it's your call but if you went you're going i mean if you watch the live stream if you know, yeah, I want to hear from you. Let's get excited about it. So uh, you can do just like a voice memo on your phone and email it to wearethegardentarts at gmail.com. One big smushed up sentence, wearethegardentarts at gmail. Just a simple voice memo. I think the next show is Thursday, October 5th. Okay. So my thoughts about the, um, I mean, just a few. I had a lot of thoughts. Yeah. Um, but one of the, um, one of, I just took one note actually. Um, so watching the words fly by for the fly. Yeah. I noticed a few words that I know weren't there back in the original Zoo TV days. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm sure there were plenty of them, but, you know, they moved so fast. But um, three that caught my eye were pelican, jelly, and FOMO. (laughs) (laughs) FOMO, definitely. Yeah, yeah. That did not exist. No, but I'm pretty sure that pelican and jelly weren't on there either. But I also noticed that croissant was not. Oh, croissant didn't make it. I don't think so. I mean, again, it flashed really quickly. I you know, you, oh, you can't we'll tell. have to look. We'll have to look for it. Yeah. <laughs> the last good croissant I had was in New York City before going to see Bono's Surrender show. Yeah. I haven't had a good croissant in a long time. I love. It is my go-to. Oh, you know what else? Um, our good friend correspondent Jenny texted me after the show. She said, whiskey and cake in garden tarts style post-show. I happened to notice peanut butter screwball whiskey at the shop in the casino, so I had to try it. Then there was literally a cake vending machine in the lobby. Oh, my God. So it came together by happy accident. Is a red velvet cake. Vending machine. Yeah. That sounds amazing. Whiskey and cake. Do you have a, any questions for Bono over whiskey and cake so far? Um, I don't know. I wonder how scared he was that first night. Right? He seemed I, he seemed a little more confident than usual. But I mean, again, I don't know because I was watching this live feed from I didn't even know what section it was. I have a feeling it was like three the 300s or something. Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe it was like 200s because it wasn't that bad. Maybe. Um, I, um, I he, they, they are pulling people up on stage. Yes, I saw that. Someone during um, Until the End of the World. I'm sorry, trying to throw your arms around the world. Yes. That would, would be real awkward. Yeah, that would be. <laughs> Until the End of the World. And when was the other time? When he um, pulled the guy up. I don't know. That wasn't that wasn't the first night. I only watched. Oh, that was the second night. Apparently, the second night they went on like an hour late. Yeah, yeah, they went on at like nine twenty. I guess they're supposed to go on at eight thirty. And again, people were all like, "I paid so much money, and they're going on an hour late." This was not by choice, people. No, clearly there was a technical. No, it could have been something. I saw something from Edge. He said he, there was some a guitar technicality. 
So that was maybe the, the first night. That was the first night. That was during streets. And I I text uh, I was doing like um Facebook Messenger with a few of our friends, um, one that was there and then two that weren't there. And Edge like ran off the stage. Like you could hear the guitar like stop. Yeah. And then Edge ran off the stage like really fast. So I'm like, what just happened? Oh, he um broke a string. Yeah. But there was another time his pedals Right, I read like, about his that. tech had to come up and do the do the Yeah. Or I guess whatever was supposed to happen underneath couldn't happen. So the tech had to come up and do it right on the stage. So I wonder if there there could have been a technical malfunction. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they were fighting over whether or not to do rattle and hum again. Right. <laughs> I would have been annoyed as shit if I was expecting another album there. I mean Bonner said it the first night. Yeah. That that was I gonna be the place where they changed that that idea so much. So that what they did like four songs or something? All from Madeline Hum. Four songs, yeah. And he said um that they were gonna feature a different album each night, maybe. Like that was the idea. And um gosh, I just want a pop night. That's all I want. Yeah. Uh, and, and anything. We do know that they have sound chocked pop stuff. How do we know that? It was reported by from like rehearsal articles on U2 songs. Okay. Gone. Discotech. I mean, that place is fucking built for discotech. Oh, absolutely. But see, that also might be a problem because in that, so the screen, you know, obviously, well, it's the whole place. Um, Right. And again, we should have said this at the beginning, but obviously there are tons of spoilers. We forgot. You should not be listening to this if you don't want any spoilers. But um, so one of the things that I don't think you'll be able to see from... I know you won't be able to see it because the people I knew on the floor couldn't see it, but the stage itself is a screen. Oh, even the like sides of the stage are it's that's all, freaky. It's a screen. And so you 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 don't like at first I'm like what am I seeing like I didn't know what I was seeing and I I asked the que- I had to ask the question am I seeing this and then you know, the people on the floor are like, I don't know. Well, there are images on the stage, too. Oh, so, like, like they had a thing of the band, like, on the big screen, and then they were on the stage, and then they were all, that, that same image was the stage. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So, I mean, just imagine putting this, you know, the stage as, like, for every other show and making it, like, vertical. Like, yeah. it's it's a screen. I didn't see, I mean, I didn't notice that until, I don't even know when. It was probably halfway through the show. But I felt like that was really, like, underutilized. Yeah. Like, I mean, and that's just one of those things you probably have to just see how it works. Right. Um, As it goes. But I also felt like the whole entire um, sphere was fairly not it, it wasn't used very it wasn't used as much as it should have been huh interesting um, and again it could have been a glitch i don't know yeah but there, i saw a bunch of people um i mean our group agreed with me on that also i'm sure that there is money involved that you can't have like you know, the whole entire place, different graphics for every single song. Right, right. I mean, well, they've been working on these graphics for two years. Yeah. And I saw a source that I really trust. I and mean, I can't think of, but I feel like it was, I might be making it up that it was Edge that said it. But, or maybe it was someone that works on the crew 
someone said that they do have some different images for different songs that they can swap out on different nights and that they're not necessarily all on the same patch of the show. Right. So I was thinking it would work, you know, round home night, pop night, whatever night that would work. But if it's in, if there's some stuff in different spots, it'll be, it'll just be really interesting to see if they have some stuff on the back burner. Right. How and or when is that filtered in? I'm sure, I'm sure they do. Um, So I think that one of the things that's made people kind of critical is if you're not like a diehard, diehard fan and you know every word to every song on Acting Baby, like we do, that, that beat, that side B is, (laughs) I mean, that's heavy. You're not going to have, you know, you're not going to have like, um, but, you know, they didn't play it in order for the first right. time. They didn't play it in order. Right. So, I mean, to have, like, you know, they so they did, like, one side of the album, and it was the same set list that they had for, like, Zoo TV, like, the tour. Oh, okay. And then they took a rattle and hum break, and then they did side B. And that's just... That's just heavy. I mean, when you hear Acrobat and Love is Blindness and Ultraviolet, Ultraviolet all together, like that's just a lot. But I mean, that's we all knew that was going to happen. But I understand. Also, they've had 30 years to listen to this album. Right. Absolutely. (laughs) If you're not like the diehard fan, I imagine that that part is kind of a snooze fest. Yeah. Yeah, I still can't believe that they're playing these songs. Like, it's just. So we saw two things today. That. There was an article in the Irish Times where. I guess the the interviewer asked, you know. Like, would you want to go on when Larry's ready or something? And Edge was like, oh, we'd love it. Yeah, it doesn't mean. We all would love a lot of things. I would love to be in Vegas for the next month. It's not happening. Right. Absolutely. Like, just because you want to do something doesn't mean it's going to happen. But then someone um, shared with us a quote from Irving Azoff that made it sound like you two's got their choice. Like, there's a lot of. A two-year option. Yeah. And that made me wonder, are they I mean, I guess they played Joshua Tree for a long time. They did. But that's a long time to play Octum Baby. Yeah. But, I mean, they did. Man, if they can keep selling that out for two years, that will blow my mind. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's not sold out now. Right. Right. That's true. Yeah. But I feel like I should I should read what the, someone shared a screenshot. Um, it's premature to tell you what's coming up. But many of the biggest, most iconic acts in the business checked it out. And U2 has an option to continue at the Sphere for two more years. So I think we need to let U2 get acclimated to see what they're going to do next. And then I would think by the end of the U2 residency, certainly we will be ready to announce another music project in the Sphere. No putting the the cart before the U2 horse. I've been doing this a long time and I'm as excited about this as anything I've ever been involved in. I mean, it just sounds like everything is possible. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, if they're playing, if they're doing this residency for, if they do this for a while and it's like two shows a week on weekends or something, that means during the week they could be writing a new album. Right. And if Bram, who I guess is his, it's pronounced Brom, or there's, I don't know, I don't know how to pronounce his name. If he can continue to do the shows to Larry's well enough and give Larry the, that would give Larry the opportunity to work in the studio without overtaxing its show. I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of possibility there. 
Oh, I yeah. If they could keep playing live while working on new music because right. they're not on tour. No. Hey, you know what I realized we did not do before these sphere shows? Hmm. All that you can't leave behind. <laughs> oh yeah, well. Shit. I don't think we're in the right headspace to do it anyway. I don't think we are either, but I think that we should aim to get it done by the end of the year. Yeah, because that means we don't we don't have what it wanted all this year, right? No, right. Yeah, we should get it done by the end of this year. Yeah, definitely, but <laughs> it needs to be done. So there was a picture on social media that Bono went to church in Vegas today. He did. That was pretty cool. He looks um. Healthy and happy. Yeah. Hope it's the case. They all do. They look great. Yep, they all do. There's a there's a picture of Edge and Bono and Adam and then Rom at the end, like at the end of the show when they're all together, like they usually do with Larry. And you can tell like Edge and Bono and Adam have their just their usual I'm so happy. This is so amazing. Looking at yeah. the crowd faces and Bram's looking at them. Yeah. And he like, was like a couple steps over too. Like he wasn't. Right. But like, yeah, I don't know. It was a lot of like, this was the coolest fucking thing that ever oh, absolutely. happened. Absolutely, I'm sure. He's like I'm up here with these guys. Yeah. Like you, you could, he was out almost out of place. Like you could, like this was a different caliber. Yeah. It was, I thought it was very, very cute. Yeah. And he had um, this kind of cut up um, picture of Elvis Presley's mugshot on his shirt. And at first glance, it looks like it looked like a picture of Larry. It kind of does. <laughs> at first, I was like, oh, my God, is he wearing Larry's face? I mean, I think Larry would be very flattered by that. Yeah. <laughs> a friend. A friend of ours who's traveling back from Vegas today posted on facebook just now signs of an aging fan base when half the people in the united club are wearing youtube t-shirts and talking about the show <laughs> they have united club passes yeah that's oh, that is pretty funny but you know i mean it does sound about right it oh yeah it's a thousand percent right i usually have like very strong opinions on the set list yeah. I actually don't know what they could do aside from not, you know, not play whole selections of Octoon Baby at at a time. I mean, they broke it up, you know, to two sections right. um, of the show. But, I mean, unless they were going to mix in, you know, more recent or older stuff. They, I mean, they don't have any. They didn't play anything older than Rattle and Hum. Right. So, I mean, unless they were going to, you know, mix it up. Octung Baby mix it up with, you know, Beautiful Day or Elevation or something like that. I have no idea how they could make this set list less depressing. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I mean, it's not depressing. It's just the album. It's it's the album layout. And if you hear it through, it makes total sense. But in a concert format, it's just heavy. Right. And I mean, you're going to lose people anyway with that. Um, but I think that that whether people, you know, whether they know that that's what they're complaining about or not, I think that's what they're complaining about. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think even- that. Just yeah. a, a lull in the, but I mean they—that's exactly you know—that's what they need to do. They—they're doing it right. It's right. just um, it's just heavy album, and you have to deal with that live. And I'm not sure. I didn't hear it, and yeah. I don't know what "So Cruel" sounds like right now, and I don't want to know. But going from "Love Rescue Me." To so cruel, to acrobat, to ultraviolet. Like, I feel like the end of Rattle and Hum needs to be more on an upbeat. Right. So I feel like that's five songs, five heavy songs in a row. Right. When it oh. could only be four. But then they do like six of their biggest hits. 
It, it felt super weird for the show to end on Beautiful Day to me. That it it changes everything we've ever said about their shows. Yeah. It's no longer we've always said they end on a prayer and it's not. No. And I mean the the only reason they did it is is because it's graphics live. That's how yeah. they have to end the show. Right. I I guess. I don't know. I guess that's my I want to ask that's my question for Bon over whiskey and cake. Is how'd that feel? Yeah. To not end on a it's not even always like a solemn moment, but it's thoughtful. Right. Like 13 is kind of a lullaby. Right. And they would end on that, you know? Like, I don't know. That they, really surprised know, me. They they just have kinks to work out, but it's um yeah, I mean, I guess my point is, I don't know what they could have done differently with to play out Octum Baby. Right. But it was um, just... There has to be more. So this is really... So the first eight songs, that was the first eight songs on Zoo TV. Um, I know it was Octum Baby heavy. Yeah. I don't have... I don't have... Yeah, you don't have. I don't it have it pulled up. Okay. I I just have, but it was. But then it's like eight oxen baby songs. Was, I think it. Yeah, one, two, three, and then four at the end. It was yeah. The the first eight songs were the the first eight songs of the Zoo TV tour. Well, they at least when it started. I guess they knew it worked. Yeah. But that's got to be. I mean, there's not just four songs on side B. Like I bet you side B starts with Wild Horses. So it's six and six, but that's, I don't care. He can say flipping to side B. That's fine. No, side B starts with the fly. Oh, oh on, um, the, on the actual. On the actual album. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, you're right, because it's not in order. Cause I'll, that, yeah. that makes so much more sense to have the fly mysterious ways trying to throw your arms around the world, ultraviolet, acrobat, and love is blindness. They should have played the record through <laughs> instead of the tour. That makes so much more sense. And then it, there's your answer that's to changing answer. it up. Yep, that's my answer. Play the album through. Yeah. But, I mean, I think that they... I mean, I get wanting to have Zoo Station, The Fly, and even better than the real thing all lumped together. So I guess that was their dilemma. But I think that if they if they played the opening. album through, it would it would it would translate much better to a live audience. Yes, I think you're right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is nice that they did do acrobat on their last tour and they've done ultraviolet a lot so if people have been following them at all recently those are not two new songs no but still heavy yeah oh man so much more to come so yeah and i guess we're gonna be Keeping a little closer we knew we'd be keeping tabs on it we just didn't know we would watch stuff i'm still my 16 year old yelled at me and literally took my phone out of my hand gently, like just gently took it and turned it over. She's like, you're going in a few weeks. Don't watch it now. It's like, okay, fine, fine, fine. You still can't hide from it. I'm not going to not be on social media. Oh, right, right. I mean, you could ask all social media not to post stuff like most people do. (laughs) I am right now going to mute that you two at the sphere. Well, here's a list of it. But then here's a list of everyone that was there. Oh, yeah. I forgot Neil Patrick Harris yeah. was there. Yeah. I forgot about that. Too. <laughs> this person lists all these people. But <laughs> in only one of them, next to Mario Lopez, it's it says Slater. I saw that. I'm like, that's the one you identify? Oh, my gosh. So Lars Ulrich was there. I just listened to his episode of Smartless. Mm-hmm. First of all, I could listen to him all day long. I love listening to him. 
Um, if y'all don't know, he's the drummer from Metallica. But he said, you know, U2 likes says they're fan first. But he was talking about how when they do these big tours, they love their people who travel all over the world from all over the world. And he's like, we love seeing their faces night after night after night. And um, we even have a ticket. It's called the black ticket. I looked it up. It's now called the I disappear ticket, which I assume is a reference to something. And he said it was like eight hundred dollars. I'm like, he has no idea. I looked and it's almost a thousand dollars. But it you can but you can it's different versions there's one that's good for one year in one part of the world there's one that's good for one year and you get the whole world you get access you can go to all these shows oh my god it's one ticket that grants you access to every show you can also do a two-year ticket that's either europe or u.s or a two-year ticket that's all of it so for like Three or four thousand dollars, you can have access to every show they play over a two year period. That's absolutely crazy. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. And I mean, if you really add up how much we spend on tickets, on tours that we really, really, really see, yeah, that is an easy sell. Oh, absolutely. It is an easy thousand dollars to spend. I mean, for um. At least for I and E, Joshua Tree and E and I, I would have done that in a heartbeat. Yeah. And then you kind of have the freedom to go to show. Like, you're like, oh, yeah, I can make it to that one. Yeah. I wonder what the, if they have a special place, a certain place they have to stand and like they only sell so many. Like, how do they manage attendance? I mean, you, you know, still, fire I'm sure, codes. Right. But, I'm sure you still have to have. A ticket, but it, it maybe it's just, maybe instead of having instead of like buying a ticket, it's just like RSVPing. Right. So they know. Yeah. The first however many people. But I don't. So I don't know. Exactly, but I was like, damn. That is amazing. Yeah. It's a really smart idea. I mean, I would. I know so many people that would for you two that would do that. I don't think it would work like that. I don't know why I don't it I, it would work with Metallica not with you too. I don't know why. But I just feel like so many people would do that. Well, there's got to be a limited number. Yeah. And um and you have to be like a member of the like the fan club. Like you can't buy them on Ticketmaster. Mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah, I wonder how it's managed. I mean, some people it that must, they would save money. <laughs> I'm sure. It must be like a Instead of like being a year, it must be like a two, a one tour or two tour special because they can't. Oh, like for like membership. Yeah. No, I mean oh. for Metallica because it's just I, don't, I just that's what it. I looked on the website and that's what it said. Huh. I don't know how easily I could find it again. Oh no, it's right here. I still have it up. Oh, don't go. Oh. The I disappear tickets. Can't get enough Metallica? Then look no further than the I Disappear ticket. A single purchase that gives you access to as many as as many of the band's 46 headlining tour dates across Europe and North America in 2023 and 2024. You decide how many shows you'd like to attend around the world and for how long, and we'll make it as easy as possible. You get one general admission floor ticket with, with early entry for as many shows as you want to attend per your ticket type and one special edition metal laminate personalized with your name. So I guess if they know they're touring for 2023 and 2024, it would work for one in two years. Right. Right. The most expensive one is 3,500 and that gives you access to all of Europe, all of North America for both years. The least expensive is it's a thousand one continent, one year. Interesting. How do I reserve my spot at a show? You'll be prompted to check out to select your desired shows from the list of tour dates. You'll have the option to alter your reservation at a later date, so don't worry. As the tour approaches, we will contact you via the reservation system to see if your plans have changed. You'll have up to 10 days before a show to reserve a spot. Guests without reservations will be denied. So, yeah, it's an RSVP, and it's not good for festivals or anything. So um, I read that they had they dealt with it well, but they had a lot of uh, problems that Sphere had a lot of problems with uh, 
seating Did they? the first night. Yeah, there were people had like tickets that were, I think it was all in the like 400 section that like there, they were in like, I don't know, whatever. I'm just making up, but whatever their row was, they were in seat like 21 and 22 and there were only 19 seats in that row. There were like a lot of people that had that problem. So they just had other places Oops. that they put them. And then um, they said they were selling tickets with the overhang starting in row 30. But apparently the overhang starts in like row 23. <gasps> oh, yeah. That's a huge difference. Huge difference. Like really, really big difference. So. Yeah. And like just don't get that i don't get the whole overhang thing because it's not going to be any better for movies no like i yeah i i don't get it it's friggin' ridiculous yeah because it makes yeah i mean at least for a show, concert you have the band right in front but for of a movie people. you don't yeah that's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, but, they built that shit knowing that there were going to be people that couldn't see. Yeah. The seat thing, I kind of maybe understand because, like, maybe they just, you know, they have someone installing the seats or whatever. And they didn't, yeah. they didn't communicate that there they were only so many in this row or whatever. Like, I kind of get that. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah. Architecture. And they knew that before they ever got started. Right. Right. I mean, it's literally in the blueprints. They figure either a few things. They were either like, maybe people won't notice, which is dumb. They've been in this business long enough. People won't notice. Or someone got fired for not putting that warning in the ticketing system. Yeah. Because there's the obstructive view is not new. Mm-mm. Like, there's a spot for that in the ticketing system. Like, they can put obstructed view. Right. And I mean, they, you know, not not in the first round of selling tickets, they did not say that it was obstructed view. But then they corrected that. But they corrected yeah. it row 30 as being the 30. first row of yeah. the the obstructed view, and it actually started at 23. Yeah. And they think that little tiny overhang picture was gonna make people realize that no because no one's they're just trying to get a freaking ticket yeah and i mean i read you know plenty of people didn't care about that but i mean if you travel from new zealand and spend thousands of dollars i would care about that well and they became like priority ticketing prices right and those shouldn't be thousand dollar seats no you can't see anything above your head right no oh goodness gracious the amount of money people have spent that i mean it just sounded like people were just dropping this money like it was made on trees i you know with staying at the venetian and the whole packages and everything just yeah i mean i've spent a lot of money doing this but i usually do it at budget prices right i could see doing the venetian package with a guaranteed floor seat or whatever if i was driving i i get that like people coming in from la or other places like that if you're like you know what i can splurge on this right buy plane tickets (laughs) (sighs) okay y'all well send us little voice notes just make a voice memo on your phone. Send it to wearethegardentarts at gmail.com about the shows, whatever your experience or excitement is about it. We will um, play it and give you a shout out. Yeah, please and thank you. Yeah. Tune in next week. I, you know, there's some weeks where we know what the next week's going to hold for us. And there's some weeks where who the hell knows? And I feel like right. this is one of those weeks. With the who the hell knows? Yeah. I mean, we'll have some shows, but... Oh, an observation I made, though. There weren't any politicians at this show. And I think that was because the government was about to shut down. Yeah, they better fucking not be at those shows. 
Which is a rarity that you go to a YouTube show and there there aren't, you know, and Congress isn't there. For sure. But there was someone said that um, the private box level was most of the world's wealth seated together. Just crazy. Yeah. Really crazy. He said Gates was there and I don't. I saw I saw a picture of Jeff Bezos. Yeah, but someone said I think Gates is there, but this is not if I could see someone thinking that this is Bill Gates, but it's not. This is Bill Gates forty years ago. He is an old looking man. <laughs> not this guy. I mean, I saw him in New York and I did not recognize him until he put his glasses on. I was like, Who's grandpa? <laughs> and then I put his glasses on and Amanda went, Oh it's Bill Gates. Yeah. So I mean, he guess. I mean, it, it wouldn't be. Su- I wouldn't be surprised if he was there, but. Right, but he's not in this picture. Katy Perry is. I guess that's Orlando Bloom. Jeff Bezos just looks like a fuckhead. He does. Ugh. Okay. Um. Another news apparently. Um. Kansas City Chiefs tickets are going for like two and three times the price. Because of. Because people want to see if they can see Taylor Swift. I just thought she is at a game. She would be smart to like, I mean, that's like a great advertising thing. Boy. Yeah. I really, really would be just like, I mean, I, she doesn't need the money or anything, but it's just blow. It's mind blowing that what attention she draws. Yeah. Someone was, I saw some, I don't know, comedian. I don't. It's probably probably saw it on TikTok or something. And they were like, Kelsey probably. Kelsey had to meet with her PR team, and then he went, "Oh fuck!" Right. <laughs> like, you're either in or you're out, dude. Right. Like, you are no longer private. And he's huge anyway. He's from Cleveland. He's from Cleveland Heights. Yeah. Right down the road. I mean, he he would. He was huge. I, I knew who he was before Taylor Swift. So if that, right? If well, I knew like last year in the Super Bowl, he and his brother right. were against Played each against, other. Yeah, which we love because they're from down the road. Right. Um, but <laughs> this is not the first Cleveland guy that Taylor's dated, and we're taking that as a win. Who? who I don't know who the other one was, but there are at least two or three others, one oh, or two boy. others. Hmm. I have to I follow some Instagram account called I'm from Cleveland and they post all ki- I mean all kinds of Cleveland related stuff but that was one of them was like Taylor Swift you know for the win for Cleveland That's really That's really <sighs> funny. Okay. Well, we've really verged from topic here. We have. I got to go. Yeah, I think it's time. Yeah. This is our longest ep we've done in a long time. Well, there there was a lot of subject matter. Yeah, for sure. Well, thanks for hanging on to the end, folks. Thank you. We'll see you next week. Okay, sounds good. Bye. Bye. We'll be back next week with more U2ish content. In the meantime, keep chatting with us on social media at the underscore Garden Tarts. Sign up for our newsletter at thegardentarts.com and share with your YouTube friends. You can support us on Patreon, buy me a coffee, and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Kissing Lips and Breaking Hearts, a YouTube podcast with The Garden Tarts, is created, produced, and edited by us, The Garden Tarts. Intro and outro music by December. See you next week.